This episode of Inside Muskegon is presented by Muskegon Country Club, a Muskegon tradition since 1908. Great golf, cuisine, and family entertainment. For more information, visit muskegoncc.com. Muskegon Country Club, your vacation away from home. Welcome to the Inside Muskegon Podcast with your host, Jason Pisecki. And now, here's Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 80. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Brian Barber, a commentary on the interview, and information on contacting Inside Muskegon. Our interview this week is with Brian Barber with the Muskegon Opportunity. I'm here with Brian Barber with the Muskegon Opportunity. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. Thank you. Why don't we start out talking a little bit about your background? Um, I am the Assistant Director for White Lake Area Community Education. Um, uh, Essentially, that means that I assist in all the administrative functions for community education, um, specifically for the districts of Whitehall, Holton, Reese Puffer, Montague, and North Muskegon. Tell us about the Muskegon Opportunity. Uh, The Muskegon Opportunity is truly uh, still in a a concept phase. Um, uh, What it is is an effort by a number of local folks, um, um, a, a growing number of local folks that are trying to put together the resources to fund what we would call um, a last dollar scholarship opportunity to make sure that every student in Muskegon County has the financial resources available to he or she to go on to um, two two years uh, and or hopefully four years of college um, minus any loans. Well, it's a very ambitious project and has its roots I'm sure, an inspiration from the Kalamazoo Promise. Uh, Talk about that program and how the Muskegon Opportunity may be similar or differ from it. It, About two years ago in Kalamazoo, there was a a, a very big announcement. Um, In fact, we have a a buddy down there who's actually from Fruitport. His name is Doug Wood, Fruitport graduate, who's the community ed director uh, for Kalamazoo Public Schools, that said, boy, I'd like to tell you what's going to happen here in a, in, in a few months, but uh, I can't. Um, but when you do hear it, you're going to be shocked. And quite frankly, we were shocked. Um, and as time went on and we found out that um, any graduate from Kalamazoo Public Schools who had been there for at least four years, because there is a graduated scale, but at least four years, um, gets anywhere from 65% to 100% of their college tuition paid for any one of Michigan's state universities or community colleges. That was huge. Um, and as the reality of that sank in and as the first-year data started to come out on how quickly it changed that community, um, we were astounded. Um, Kurt, Kurt Babcock and I, Kurt, uh, as the director of White Lake Area Community Ed, um, began to start to dream a bit about how that might be able to be um, replicated at some level here in Muskegon County. So you're right, it did start uh, with what happened in Kalamazoo and continues to be um, um, 
molded after what they have in Kalamazoo. Why did philanthropists in Kalamazoo do this? Well, um, taking pretty much a quote from Bob Jorth, uh, who is the executive director of the Kalamazoo Promise, um, I went to see uh, Bob speak, Mr. Jorth speak, uh, about oh, six or seven months ago in Holland. Um, as you know, or you may not know, there's a group in Holland led by the Denoyers uh, called the Lakeshore Promise. Um, so there are a number of folks that are trying to replicate this again because of what Mr. Jorth said. And the, the quote that I'm talking about in particular is that uh, in Holland, uh, Bob Jorth said that the promise concept is an economic development initiative masquerading as a scholarship program. And when I heard that, I was I was really blown away with, again, the thinking um, and what I could tell you is is this. The reason that he says that is in the first 14 months of the, of the, the promise, at the point when he made that comment, families from 88 different Michigan communities in 32 different states um, came to Kalamazoo as a result of this. That equated to 1,000 new students. Um, if you do the math on that, I mean, that's huge, not only – as far as the, uh, the 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 economic impact to the to the school district, but obviously to the the community as a whole, to see an urban center attract roughly four hundred families um, and see their their um, home values increase seven percent and um, housing starts continue to go up. Uh, another thing that he shared was that within the city, within the, the school district boundaries, Kalamazoo Public School boundaries, um, there are plans to build 500 brand new homes. <clears throat> it's a real estate, you know, dream. Uh, and then on top of that, one of the other added benefits that he'd mentioned was that uh, they they had. And again, this is a short term benefit. Um, 300 new small businesses move into Kalamazoo, as well as a number of telecommuters that telecommuters that could work out of their home or any location. So it be, it's really becoming a magnet for um, people that truly value education. I'd share one other thing with you, too. And this is something that we found when we invited Bob Jorth to come to speak to us a few months ago here in Muskegon. Kalamazoo the city of Kalamazoo or the Kalamazoo Public School District was the first district in the state of Michigan to fully fund 12, 12 grades of education. Now they're they're fully funding 16 grades of education. Um, and, you know, they're, they have been and continue to be a leader in, in that. And um, I think that as a result, you know, our big thing is we don't want to be left behind or, or we don't want to have to catch up. And... Um, uh, we're already catching up a bit because Kalamazoo has a jump on us. But um, with all that being said, we have we've made some significant gains in in um, putting together a plan that we think might be doable, based on some other things that we're hearing. So. Well, the economic impact of the Kalamazoo promise is indeed impressive. With the Muskegon opportunity and educators like yourself heading that up, has the business community jumped on board yet? I, I would say that there's increased interest from the business community. Our core group started off with about five people, um, and most of us, most of them were educators, though 
one of the early people to uh, to jump on board and at least listen to us was Cindy Larson. In fact, she did a podcast with you a while ago about about this very uh, issue. Um, from there, it's grown to include um, Dave Yerke, who owns Dykstra Carpet. Um, uh, we have uh, Amy Heiser, who is um, head of HR with Howmet. Um, we have Jim Fisher with uh, Muskegon Recycling. All these folks are on our core group, and they're putting a tremendous amount of time into researching um, the, the concept. Um, and I think it's because, again, as you look at the way the world's changed, and I know that flat the flat world is becoming very cliche, but quite frankly, we have to f- wake up and realize that the world is flat and that to compete for uh, – Good-paying jobs, um, jobs that can't be outsourced, uh, the abil- or the, your level of education becomes increasingly more important. Um, in addition to that, um, you know the manufacturing base that um, that was here in Muskegon, um, uh, a lot of it is gone, um, and I don't think I don't think a lot of it's going to come back. I think there will always be a manufacturing base here in Muskegon, um, but I think that. Some of the lower skilled jobs that um, folks that had less than a high school diploma um, were able to go into and have gainful employment um, are gone. They're gone to China. They're gone to India. They're gone to Mexico. And uh, for manufacturers to compete for that, those sorts of products, I think, are a thing of the past. When you look at, again, the labor markets that are available abroad in our ability to look at supply and demand and fill supply and demand um, because of the the technology that's available to to look uh, forecast what you need and get it there when you need it. Well, Thomas Friedman's book was very, definitely very insightful, and I think that positions Muskegon very well to compete in the flat world with the natural resources and quality of life and affordable living that we have in this community, along with the strong education system and something like the Muskegon Opportunity only enhances that more. With a community like Kalamazoo kicking this program off with a significant endowment from philanthropists and the hundreds of millions of dollars, how is that going to be replicated in Muskegon? Well, um, as Cindy mentioned that if there are folks that are interested in giving that we'd like to know who they are. Um, um, the, the foundation is a big part uh, of our core group and has been involved with us now for four months. Um, and uh, Arne Bozart and Marcy Joy and Chris McWiggin um, have been in talks with us and um, uh, continued to look at the way that scholarships are made available and how we might be able to do business there as well as what uh, are available at the local levels. With all that being said, um, we're still doing a gap analysis. There are a fair number of dollars that come into Muskegon County by way of Pell Grants, by way of a program called TIP, Tuition Incentive Programs, um, and, and other sources, again, minus loans, because we're not interested in loans, um, that it, if we get smarter about having a clearinghouse um, that all high school graduates will go through to make sure that they are, take advantage of all those dollars, um, the gap becomes, again, smaller. And um, the other part of, of what we want to do is make sure that we change the culture in Muskegon County with regard to 
what we think is acceptable as, as far as level of education. Again, a high school diploma is good. That's great. It's better than not having one, but it's no longer the finish line. Um, uh, I would share with you just a couple other quick statistics. Uh, the state average for people that have a BA or higher that are 25 years or older is 25%. Here in Muskegon County, it's 18%. Um, nationally, it's 27%. Michigan as a state, state, I believe, ranks 34th in the, the 50 states as far as the number of folks that have um, a BA or above. And again, it stands to reason. We were able to comfortably um, support ourselves um, with agriculture and lumbering for 100 years. And then after that, with agriculture and um, uh, industry um, for 100 years, we're looking at what we need to do for the next 100 years and uh, with regard to st- sustainability. Um, and again, uh, that's this is part of a broader discussion happening here in Muskegon with the Community Co- Coordinating Council and looking at um, what we call the triple bottom line, uh, looking at social equity, um, the the, um, uh, the the state of the of, of the ability for businesses to do business here and then also um, taking care of, of our natural resources, our environment. Um, so that's, that's what we're doing. We're, we're looking at sustaining ourselves for the next 100 years. Well, this obviously sounds like a fantastic concept and one that would benefit the Muskegon community both educationally and economically. How will it become a reality? How will the Muskegon opportunity become a reality? I would share with you this. Since, again, Kurt and I started kicking this around and since we, again, went out and started gaining support and and talking to other folks within our community here within Muskegon County, uh, ironically, uh, in the state of the state uh, address from uh, Governor Granholm, she mentioned the advent of the possibility of proposed legislation for promise zones. Um, I would share with you that we've been in contact with Chuck Wilbur, um, who is her executive assistant for education and communication. Chuck is in charge of going around to the communities that have made significant gains in putting together a concept. And we are, we have our ear to the ground with regard to what that legislation might, um, encourage or uh, require as far as becoming a promise zone. Um, The way that we see it is this. Number one, philanthropy is still going to be a part of this. Again, looking at the college scholarships that are available through the community foundation and the local school districts and using them wisely and maybe broadening our scope with regard to who can get help. The the second leg is going to be the... uh, the, um, better funneling of our, 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 our students into a, a process or a program um, that makes sure that they know what is available, when the timelines are there and when they're going to have to apply, and follow up to make sure that they um, take advantage of and follow through with whatever paperwork needs to be done. Um, and then finally, um, you know, there may be there may well be a, a local side to this as far as a, a local contribution. Um, it's something uh, that that's being talked about. But um, in our gap analysis right now, we almost think that we can do it with what's available 
um, 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 from a philanthropic standpoint and with what is available through Pell Grants and, again, TIP and, and some of those other programs. Um, at least uh, a two-year pro or at a uh, at a, a two-year level with Mus- like a Muskegon Community College or uh, possibly Baker. What's next for the Muskegon opportunity? <clears throat> we our core group continues to meet. We con- we continue to collect data. In fact, I was on the phone today with um, uh, a couple of folks from MCC, um, and they are they are helping us again really nail down what we think that gap is going to be. From there, we're going to present that information uh, um, to our core group. Um, We have another meeting coming up here in a few weeks, and um, uh, we're going to analyze that data and move forward and keep in contact with, uh, again, Mr. Wilbur from uh, Governor Granholm's office. Uh, He said that he wanted to talk to us again um, uh, very soon as they start to craft some possible legislation and talk to a couple of our legislators. One of, one of our legislators has been um, actually attended a, uh, at least one of our core group meetings, um, uh, uh, Jerry Van Workham, and uh, has been keeping his uh, ear keenly focused on our, our discussion and has had, uh, has had some, I, I, would, I would describe as a great deal of interest along with um, Mary Valentine um, we haven't had a chance yet to talk to, to Doug Bennett face to face, but um, I again, there's significant interest there. Uh, folks know that uh, we're going to have to change what we think the finish line is to compete in, in a new global economy. All right, let's move on to our final question. You have one minute alone with a philanthropist considering giving to the Muskegon opportunity. Make your pitch to get their contribution. Human resources are our greatest asset. And what better way to invest in a community than to invest in the humans that are going to live there, that are going to care for it and carry on your legacy as a person who cared about where you lived? What what better way to um, have peace about um, an honest an honest-to-goodness grassroots effort to lift up the community from the very, very, very poorest person to, again, the most wealthy family, but to make sure that everybody has that opportunity to go on to what we need to have as a a minimum education here in Muskegon County. Thank you very much, Brian. I really enjoyed it, and best of luck to you and everyone involved with the Muskegon Opportunity. Thanks, Jason. A generation ago, a high school diploma was the end goal for many people's education. To quote a piece Brian gave me for this podcast, quote, Muskegon was able to flourish with an economic base concentrated in factories, farming, and tourism. This is no longer true. In a flat world, these functions are increasingly being done elsewhere, or they are lower wage industries. Muskegon, quite comfortably, sustained itself for roughly 100 years in lumbering and agriculture, and then another 100 years industrially, end quote. Today, a 16-year education, including a college bachelor's degree, is a prerequisite to competing for many of today's high-paying jobs. The mission of the Muskegon Opportunity is to launch a two-year, last-dollar, post-secondary scholarship program. Countywide, utilizing ISD boundaries, 
for all students, rich or poor, regardless of their ability to pay, to attend Muskegon Community College and possibly Baker College by the fall of 2008-2009. Further, to launch a Kalamazoo Promise-like four-year post-secondary scholarship program by the fall of 2011-2012. As Brian touched on in the podcast, the Kalamazoo Promise Scholarship Program has made a significant impact on the Kalamazoo business climate and real estate markets. People want to do business and live in Kalamazoo because of this innovative scholarship program. Area leaders like Brian Barber have taken the initiative to work on a solution for Muskegon area students. The Muskegon opportunity, if successful, will not only benefit those students, but also their families, the local economy, and businesses in the area. As a community, it is imperative for the future of Muskegon that we support initiatives like the Muskegon Opportunity. For more information, stay tuned to local media or contact Brian Barber via email at brianbarber at whitehall.k12.mi.us. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback. And for the latest feedback on Inside Muskegon, visit our website at insidemuskegon.com. You can post your own comments to the site view the comments of others, and even comment on their comments. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 80 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at Jason at InsideMuskegon.com. This has been the Inside Muskegon Podcast. Comments are welcome through our website or by emailing jason at insidemuskegon.com.